anybody out there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone to tell me? November 30th, 1979. I wasn't here yet. But what did arrive today, 42 years ago, Pink Floyd's The Wall. The album that redefined music and redefined the band. From Dark Side of the Moon to Metal, Pink Floyd really, this is their 11th studio album. About a faded, a jaded rock star whose eventual self-imposed isolation from society forms a figurative wall. The album was a commercial success, topping the charts. Bassist Roger Waters conceived the wall during uh, Pink Floyd's 1977 In the Flesh tour, modeling the character of Pink after himself and former bandmate Sid Barrett. Recording spanned from December of 1978 to November 1979. Producer Bob Ezrin helped to refine the concept and bridge tensions during recordings as the band were struggling with personal and financial issues at the time. The Wall was the last album to feature Pink Floyd as a quartet. Keyboardist Richard Wright was fired by Waters during the production but stayed on as a salaried musician. The Wall is one of the best known concept albums. With over 30 million copies sold, it is the second best-selling album in the band's catalog behind Dark Side of the Moon and one of the best-selling albums of all time. Some of the outtakes from the recording sessions were used on the group's next album, The Final Cut, in 1983. Yep. Isolation. Self-deprivation. Self-hate. It did not receive... It received mixed reviews, but I'm not a reviewer. I'm a listener, as you all are listeners. From In the Flesh, The Thin Ice, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 1, The Happiest Days of Our Lives, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2, which became a big single, Mother, Goodbye Blue Sky, Empty Spaces, Young Lust, One of My Turns, Don't Leave Me Now, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 3, Goodbye Cruel World, Hey You, Is There Anybody Out There? Nobody Home, Vera, Bring the Boys Back Home, Comfortably Numb, Show Must Go On, In the Flesh, Run Like Hell, Waiting for the Worms, Stop the Trial, Outside the Wall. The Wall spanned a tour from 1980 to 1981. It was an elaborate tour. There was a wall built between the audience and the band, and then toward the end, the wall would come down. A lot of these concept albums were screaming for a film, and in 1982, it was made into a film by director Alan Parker. Alan Parker had done Midnight Express. He went on to do Mississippi Burning, Angela's Ashes, 
Life of David Gale, Evita, Fame, Bugsy Malone. But it was Pink Floyd's The Wall, and the way they put it in cinema form, with Mr. Bob Geldof as the central character, Pink. He plays rock star Pink, who, driven into insanity by the death of his father, constructs a physical and emotional wall to protect himself. Like the album, the film is highly metaphorical and symbolic imagery and sound are present most commonly. The film is mostly driven by music and features little dialogue from the characters. That's why we can't play it. The film is best known for its imagery and mental isolation, drug use, war, fascism, dark or disturbing animated sequences, sex, violence, and gore. Despite its turbulent production and the creators voicing their discontent about the final product, the film received generally positive outpouring and has been established as a cult following. Released in May of 1982, two years or three years after the wall came tumbling down. Bob Geldof as Pink. Bob Hoskins, the late Bob Hoskins, as rock manager. Yeah. There's a lot of Philip Davies as Gary Olson, roadie. Development. Even before the original Pink Floyd album was recorded, the intention was to make a film for it. The original plan was for the film to be live footage from the album's tour, together with Scarface animation and extra scenes, and for Waters himself to star. EMI did not intend to make the film, as they did not understand the concept. Director Alan Parker, a Pink Floyd fan, asked EMI whether the wall could be adapted to film. EMI suggested that Parker talk to Waters, who asked Parker to direct the film. Parker instead suggested that he produce it, and given give the dark directing task to Gerald Scarfi and Michael Cicerin, a cinematographer. Waters began to work on the film screenplay with studying scripting books. He and Scarfi produced a special edition book containing screenplay and art to pitch the project to investors. While the book depicted Waters in the role of Pink, after screen tests, he was removed from the starring role and replaced with new wave musician and frontman of the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof. And behind the wall, both Waters and Geldof later admitted to a story during the casting where Geldof and his manager took a taxi to an airport, and Geldof's manager pitched the role to the singer, who continued to reject the offer and express his contempt for the project throughout the fair, unaware that the taxi driver was Waters' brother, who told Waters about Geldof's opinion. Since Waters was no longer in the starring role, it no longer made sense for the feature to include Pink Floyd footage, so the live film aspect was dropped. The footage culled from the live wall concerts at Earl's Court from June 13th to Ju- June 17th in 1981 that were held specifically for filming were deemed unusable, also for technical reasons as the fast Panavision lenses needed to be low light levels turned down to use insufficient resolution for the film screen. Complex parts such as Hey You still had not been properly shot by the end of the live shows. Parker convinced Waters and Scarfe and the footage concert footage was too theatrical and it would jar with the animation in stage live action. After the concert footage was dropped, 
Cicerin left the project and Parker became the sole director. <sighs> yeah, a lot of clashing. A lot of clashing. This is such a crazy film. It was up against E.T. and an officer and a gentleman. It earned a lot of money. And it is a cult. It's a cult following. Roger, Roger Waters was not happy with the film. But us, the fans, we're happy with the film. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. It has been suggested that the protagonist stands for Waters beyond the oblivious parallel of them both being rock stars. Waters lost his father while he was an infant and had marital problems divorcing several times. It has also been suggested that Pink represents the former lead singer, writer, and founding member, Sid Barrett, both as in his parents as well as several incidents and anecdotes related to Barrett's descent from pop stardom due to his struggles with mental illness and self-medicating with drugs. One seemingly blunt reference is Pink's detachment from the world as he locks himself away in his room before a show and shaves himself down while suffering a mental breakdown. During a mental breakdown, Barrett shaved his head and face before showing up to the band rehearsal after already having been removed from the band. However, Bob Geldof, who plays Pink in the film, refused to shave his head for this part of the performance. This is interesting. So... Oh, here's something... Um, this is from Danny Perry, who wrote that the picture is unrelentingly downbeat and at times repulsive, but I don't find it unwatchable, which is more than I could say if Ken Russell had directed this. Ooh, some shade. So there's a lot going on, and also at the time this was released... Many felt that the place of the Nazism and imperialism related symbols in the context of Margaret Thatcher's government and British foreign policy, especially concerning the Falkland Islands. Falklands. The film soundtrack con contains most songs from the album with several changes as well as additional material. The only songs from the album not used in the film are Hey You and The Show Must Go On. Hey You was deleted as Rod Waters and Parker felt the footage was too repetitive. 80% of the footage appears in montage sequences elsewhere. But a work print version of the scene is included as a bonus feature on the DVD release. A soundtrack album from Columbia Records was listed in the film's end credits, but only a single containing when the Tigers broke free and the recorded Bring the Boys Back Home were released. When the Tigers broke free later became a bonus track in the 1983 album The Final Cut. Guitarist David Gilmore dismissed the album as a collection of songs that had been rejected for the Wall Project, but 
were being recycled. The song in the edit used for the single also appears in the 2001 compilation album Echoes, The Best of Pink Floyd. So here, here are some moments from the film. Okay. Well, I mean, it opens with the thin ice, which is such a... Yeah. This is such a crazy film. This is such a crazy album. Of course, we all know about the kids singing, We Don't Need No Education. <laughs> all in all, you're just another brick in the wall. It is a cult classic. The album... That's the other thing is now people almost roll their eyes when artists decide to make a film from an album. They're like, why? I think because maybe uh, artistic reasons. I really loved Ken Russell's Tommy. I love, first of all. You've got The Who. You've got a very eccentric cast. You've got Jack Nicholson. You've got Anne Margaret, who was nominated for an Oscar for Tommy. And she really just gives it her all. She's dancing. She's singing. And then Roger Daltrey. I mean, it. and, oh, and uh, Oliver Reed. I, I would be remiss if I don't mention Mr. Oliver Reed. It is a cast of characters. And rock, rock operas are very interesting because I don't think they're made today. I think if they, if more of them were made, it would be... Because it's always good to have a companion piece to an album. Artists who do that today, Beyonce has done that. She's done that with Lemonade. She's done that in other aspects. Halsey did it with if I can't have, have love I want power and so back to Pink Floyd 42 years later the wall some have called it messy some have called it bombastic I call it art as I've said before when I do these podcasts it's not about my opinion for it is about what it, how it makes me feel. There's a difference between an opinion and how it, and how art makes you feel. Whether it makes you feel sad or happy or because art does imitate life and yeah, and so on. So I'm not going to say, oh, this is what I didn't like. I don't say that. No, how it made me feel. This movie is just wild. You want to be jarred and you want to just get slapped around. It is a true companion piece to Pink Floyd's The Wall. Released on November 30th, 1979. And the film released in 1982. Starring Mr. Bob Geldof as Pink. So Roger Waters. The late Richard Wright. David Gilmore. And Nick Mason make up Pink Floyd and Mr. Sid Barrett unpleasant dreams <laughs> 